Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know if those hogs he's killing are. They've got hair like a wild hog, but they're not skittish like a wild hog. They're out during the daytime. Whoa. Hold on. Try it now. <laughs> yeah. Had you, it's been so long since you've been on the podcast. I just had your microphone turned. Slap off. <laughs> well, you might as well keep it that way. No, them, them hogs Blake's killing ain't wild. No, I don't. I, I think... I think somebody's gonna be missing some hogs. Yeah, they they getting out of a gate and creeping over on that land, and he's just picking them off easy targets. And did they, you see the picture of that one he killed? Though? Yeah, that's been fattened up. That was a big hog, man. Yeah, that thing ain't wild. Nah, but it's a good thing they are killing them though, because if they're if they stay out, they'll go wild. You know, a, a hog is one of the I think one of the few domesticated animals that if it gets out in the wild, it will turn feral. Mm-hmm. And well, and either way, it's causing problems. Yeah. Them pigs are. Yeah. I don't want them. No. Nah. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't mind I, I wouldn't mind having them to hunt. There he is right there. Hey, man. What's <laughs> We're on the podcast. Did you kill that hog? No, I didn't kill it. We walked the uh, walked around out here, but we didn't see it. Huh. All right. Well, me and Shelly are doing a podcast. We're talking about you. Well, you should have let me know. We tried to call you, dummy. I was with you this morning. Did you not know you was going to do a podcast 20 minutes later? You said you were. Yeah, we said we were doing a podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm headed back to the house. All right, well, hopefully you get on, get on over here where you can get on the podcast. We ain't waiting on you. Man, don't wait on me. I might go get me an ice cream or something. <laughs> go to that racetrack. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the problem with hogs are, which, by the way, I'm thinking about making a special series of episodes for the podcast for those of you guys that enjoy hunting i thought about go i have a whole mess of really good bucks that i've killed over probably the last eight years and i thought about going through and talking about each one of those bucks and kind of how how it all came together, right? Mm -hmm. What the terrain was like, what was happening, what time of year it was. A whitetail, an old whitetail buck is one of the sharpest animals that you will ever encounter. But these hogs, if they get out and turn wild and they start breeding, they will decimate an area and they affect everything. Because they eat up all the deer feed, yep. they eat up all the acorns, <clears throat> they uh, they eat turkey eggs, they destroy nests, any kind of ground bird. Um, so they're detrimental to all the other game animals, and they're not native. Hogs are not native to the North American continent. They were brought over here. But what a resilient animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of wild that you could turn something domestic and it just thrives. It grows hair, mm -hmm. tusks. tusks. They get them big old thick calluses on their shoulders. Um, but we just heard the hunt report. Yeah. Well, we ain't got a lot around this area. No. But that's why I'm questioning what he's really killing. Well, you know what will happen too. Some of these dang rednecks they'll intentionally turn hogs loose because they want a wild hog population. Yeah, but that ain't... To hunt. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. So that... that that I have heard of that happen. That's yeah. illegal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that these hogs that he's hunting, I, I think they are domesticated hogs that are somewhere in between domesticated and going wild. It may just be something that was just let loose not that long ago. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know. I forget they they go wild pretty quick. Like mm -hmm. it's like a matter of like two months or something, and they they're mm. they're feral. But um, I was a good hog he killed the other day. <clears throat> but 
Anyhow, Chili's back. What's up, Chili? How's how's life been? Oh, it's been good not being on the podcast. You know, my life's just a lot simpler. You know, I ain't got to worry about what people are trying to reach out to me. Ain't got to communicate. It's good. Have Have you listened to any of the episodes that we've recorded since you've been gone? No, I don't listen to the ones I'm on. Well, I don't listen to the ones I'm on either. But like, so if, you don't listen to none of them. But like, yeah, you're on all of them. If you if you recorded a podcast, if you and Blake did a podcast and I wasn't here, I would probably listen to it. Yeah, I was yeah. just wondering what what podcast do you listen to? I, I mean, I don't listen. I mean, I listen to sometimes. I'll listen to one, just decide what I want to what I want to hear about. I mean, if you know, I listen to some. Some of those Joe Rogan ones. Um, you you started listening to a few of those when he had them doctors on. Yeah. Um, I listen to some stuff that I think is funny. I listen to mm, some sports-related podcasts. I mean, I don't. I just I don't hardly ever sit I sit down and listen to one. But sometimes I'll just have one playing while I got to do other crap. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't much like nothing. Do you listen to any running podcasts? No. I don't know of any. I mean, I know of a few, but... There, that, that's what, You know, we were talking about that today. It, I, like, what is the premier ultra-running podcast out there? I really have no idea. Uh, don't people consider Rich Roll's podcast to be a ultra-running podcast? I think they do, but it's not. It's not. It's not an ultra running podcast. What what in are my opinion. what are some of the ones you've been on? Well, the I think the original the one that I know of that's been around the longest is Trail Runner Nation. It's two guys out in California, Don and Scott. That was the first podcast I ever went on in my life. Oh wow. Was Trail Runner Nation. And hmm. um it's geared more toward West Coast ultra running. Don and Scott are great hosts. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a, and it's a very informational podcast. It can be a little corny sometimes. They they can get a little corny, <laughs> you know. But man, they've been doing that show now for good gosh a long time. I want to say they had like four or five hundred episodes way back mm. when I went on their show like four years ago or something. Is there a Southeast? Well, there, podcast there was the um. What was it? What was it called with uh, Sean Blanton and and uh, oh, yeah. the other guy? Yeah, he did have one. What was that called? East Coast Trail and Ultra. I was on that podcast. Really? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that there went that. Yeah. Who was his co-host? Uh, Ryan Pluckelman was his co-host, and mm. um, yeah. And then I think when when Sean Blanton. Uh, did whatever he did he got accused by a bunch of people of sexual harassment or yeah. something and changed some people's uh results in ultra <laughs> sign up i think everybody just kind of shunned him his raises are still up and running i can't mm-hmm. believe he survived it <clears throat> well you know uh i wanted to do the georgia death race for a long time for no other reason than it's a golden ticket race to western states yeah. And I've never really cared about going to Western States. I mean, that ain't on my top priority list. It'd be cool. I just thought, man, if all I got to do, I've, you know, because it's impossible to get into the lottery. I thought, man, there's an easy way to get in right there. Just get top two here. Or there's a few other ones like Black Canyon, Bandera. <clears throat> so I was like, I'll just do that. Well, something always kept me from doing it for like, well, only two years that I even tried to think about it. And then finally... That controversy breaks out, and uh, it's no longer a golden ticket race. That's right, yeah. And then uh, people started still asking me, you know, are you going to do it this year, and you need to do it? And I was like, Lord, no. What's, why what's, would you do it? Why would you do it now? I yeah. mean, I don't know, but but people still do. I mean, I'm not crapping on the guy. I don't, I don't know him. I've never I've, met him. I've met him. He was fine to me, but, you know, if I, apparently he's... <laughs> not been fine to everybody. <laughs> I remember when all that happened. He didn't, 
<laughs> I thought this dude is done, man. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. I even know some of the people that you know uh, are his accusers, and I mean, I, I don't have any reason to think they're lying. Uh, you know, I, I it's a terrible thing, really, if it's true. Yeah, but, I, dude. If you go in and change people's results on ultra sign up just to spite them, yeah, that's pretty freaking lame, dude. And that's pretty much proven, right? Yeah, I think I think he that, was changing people's yeah. That's pretty lame. (laughs) I mean, it just is. I don't know the dude, but that that was the East Coast. Yeah, that was the East Coast um, trail running podcast, and I think I think the the, his his co host Ryan has started some other one, but I I I haven't listened to it much. I think there's one called Southeast Trail Runners or something. Um, I've listened to so I, I uh. When I listen to ultra running podcast, what I if I have a race that I want to run, like this Coca Dana race, mm-hmm. I'll go into my podcast app and I'll just type in Coca Dana two fifty. Yeah, and then I'm looking at all the episodes that are about that race. So I've been listening to a couple of just random ultra ultra running based podcasts that I've never heard of in my life but they've had some athlete on that did that race and i'm just listening to their story of the race right mm-hmm. so that's kind of what i do too i i skip around i'll tell you whose podcast i really like um is john i don't know if you've ever heard it john cooper john cooper he's a a christian uh rock artist oh, yeah uh, um what's that called gosh i forget his I forget the name of his band. Oh, the podcast is Cooper Stuff. Cooper Stuff. Cooper yeah, Stuff. you've played it. I've listened to it yeah. with you. Yeah, I think I think Cooper Stuff's a good podcast, man. I mean, John's a, a well-spoken guy. It's it's all it's all faith-based content. Everything is, but good gosh, man! <sighs> and he talks about what's it's kind of a what's happening now kind of deal right yeah it's pretty yeah. he doesn't come out he doesn't do a lot of episodes uh-huh but um he'll like maybe one every couple of weeks or something he'll come out with one and it's usually it's usually a pretty solid episode mm-hmm. there needs to be more ultra running podcasts yeah that's what that's what i was one yeah i mean there's there's not like one that that really stands out to me as like the premier maybe it's the three or seven podcast yeah you guys let us know if we are the premier ultra running podcast, even well, though we only talk about ultra running yeah, we, every 10th episode. We can't be that one dimensional, you know? Yeah. I mean, we talk about so much more than that. Speaking of ultra running, these shoes, man, me and Chili did a solid run today. Was that not a solid run, dude? That well, That's the best run I've done in a long time. That's good. Yeah. If it, if we can stack some of those up, we'll get the fitness back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Blake just walked in. Sit down, dummy. These dang shoes, man, were off the chain. Bond Bondies. Yeah. Bondies. I, whatever that's called. I, I've been watching Chili over the last probably uh, two or three, well, no, probably two years. He's always running in road running shoes. All of his shoes are road run, and most of them are complete. The tread is all completely wore <laughs> off of him. He's just run, running on a slick foam sole. And I'm like, why is this? I've always thought he's just running in these road running shoes on the trail to make it harder on himself because that's what he does. Oh, they're more comfortable. And, and I got, <laughs> I bought these shoes. Ultra sent me three pairs of shoes. I'm sorry, Ultra. My foot just don't work in them shoes, man. I run, I ran in those Olympus three times. All three times I turned my ankle. My foot slides around in the shoe too much. Mm. My foot just don't fit it. So I went out and bought these Bondi 7s. This is the first pair of road running shoes I've ever had. That's crazy. I've always had no, a trail. You've had them. Um, what were them knit shoes you had? Uh, they were ultras. Knit shoes. I think they the upper knit. was like a knit. You know that's what they advertise. No, 
I remember you having them, and you said these are the most comfortable shoes I've ever torn. Is it torn? Oh, there is Torin. an ultra torn. That's a road shoe. Oh yeah, yeah, I did have a black pair of torns one time. Yep, <laughs> had a black pair of torns. This is the first. I'm running the Cliftons. Well, Hoka Clifton Sevens. This is the first pair of um, Hoka. Road running shoes, I guess I should say. Getting a little specific. Eh? I forgot the first specific. pair of green Hoka r- for- road running shoes. I forgot I'm- about those torrents I had that time. Those were comfortable shoes. But man, these Samba guns are on point, dude. Yeah. So you've had two pairs of running shoes, road running shoes, at least that we know of so far. <laughs> there could have been more. And you've and you've liked them both. I don't tell you yeah, something, that's the way man. To go. Trail shoes suck. Yeah, I have to agree. I I kept. I kept up with Chili for the most part this morning, Blake. He pulled He pulled on me one time. I didn't know we were trying to pull. I got behind on calories. Um, How far did y'all run? We ran, for what, about 10 miles probably? I don't know what that loop is. I'm going to say, so we ran up House of Dreams Fire Road, that, back down the single track, up around Snow's Loop, back out through the gate, and then back around to the parking lot. That's about a little 10. more than 10. And well, you that, went up to the house? The last yeah. time I did that run, all three of us did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that bike trail is rough, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, that joker is rough. for If you're on a bike. Even running, it's just washed out and then big yeah. rocks. and. I mean, I always go down technical. Uh, yeah. He was. He ran. He freaking sent it down, the, down that. Did but he? I just kind of. <laughs> I'm more. I mean, anymore, I'm really. A lot more of a hog hunter than I am. We've already talked about a runner. I don't. Hunting. I mean, you know, right? Yeah, run this, this, and that. Where are the pre- I'm about killing hogs. But did you know that you're on the premier ultra running podcast in the country? Well, yeah, but no, I'm serious. Yeah, there well, ain't a, there ain't a bigger one. There ain't no. I really can't think of an ultra running podcast that's bigger than the three seven podcast. Well, uh, if we were an ultra running podcast, we're a podcast that <laughs> talks about ultra running. But oh my gosh, what? hey, that's a death pill right there, son. That's a good bullet. That's a good bullet. White tip. Tell you what, son, I dropped that hog the other day, propped up on the fender of that tractor like this. He's out there about three hundred yards. Yeah, I'm going to have to put the range finder on that, it was by the like, way. It was like a sack of taters. It was like you bought some taters from the grocery store and you come in and drop them on the ground. Well, you know that's what that bullet did to that eight-pointer I killed. That's the bullet yeah. I shot that eight-pointer with. That's what it did to that doe I killed, too. I I put that... uh. <laughs> Once you hit it. <laughs> I, was gut, I was gutting that eight-pointer out and uh, by, there was bone everywhere. It had hit one of its ribs. Mm-hmm. It was just bone everywhere. That's a good bullet, man. I'm just, I mean, I'm really getting in touch with my hunting side anymore. So, this, well, good. Maybe this I is could... the premier hunting podcast. That's this what I was is about the to say. Biggest hunting podcast. It you, really you, is. You haven't even talked, you haven't even heard about the hunting series I'm going to come out with soon. Oh, yeah. The special episodes hunting series on, on the 307 podcast. Go ahead and give them the disclaimer. That may not happen. Oh, well, I mean, that's a given, right? Anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything, Chad. This is the first pair of running shoes I've ever had. Whoever, no, it ain't you had. To, oh well, yeah. This is the this is the first pair of Hoka running shoes I've ever had. Whoever got real excited about ten minutes ago when he announced that hunting series, just temp, t- temper that because yeah. it might happen. But <laughs> it ain't gonna happen till next deer it, season. It takes me a while to work up, work up to actually doing these ideas that I have. Well, um. Stacy showed me that property over there. That's a nice piece of ground. That's Where? who owns the pigs? <laughs> yeah. What her, property? Her land over there. Their farm. Yeah. You walked it before? I've never even been over there. Oh, it's pretty nice. You talking about rabbit hunting, son. Mm. Hey. They, they got lanes cut and all it, kind of stuff. Look, back in there. if y'all are on the po- if y'all are listening to this podcast, if you have a good pack of beagles... Let us know. We want you to. We want you to come out here and hunt with us. All right. I ain't been rabbit hunting in probably three years. Now, now look. Don't bring your daggone beagles down here if they're gonna run deer and act silly all day. But if you've got a good pack of beagles, send us a darn email because I need you to come down here. Bring them on down here. Um, 
Just fly them. If you're far off, just put them on the airplane. No, man, houndsmen will get in the truck and ride. Yeah. <clears throat> that's how houndsmen are. There ain't nobody outside of the southeast that's got beagles anyways. Anybody <laughs> that's got beagles are going to be right here in the southeast somewhere. <clears throat> Tennessee, Georgia, Carolina, or Virginia, or yeah. Alabama. Um, Well, Stacy did say she hired someone to bush hog that out there, and he was a rabbit hunter. And so he he strategically bush hogged her field so he could rabbit hunt it, and then he didn't come back and finish the bush hogging. <laughs> Dang, he just all he did was get paid to cut some lanes for his uh, rabbit hunting. I love the rabbit hunt, man. Well, I guess we should get into what I wanted to talk about today. Um, so we were at the gym this morning, and I got chided. Mm. By uh, Aunt Brooke. Oh, when we were on the bike? Yeah, because Meredith was was talking. I, I, I didn't get a sense exactly. But we need to have Meredith on the podcast one day. But Meredith was talking something about how people take these uh, basically fertilized embryos. They take a fertilized y- egg. Egg, yeah, a fertilized egg. That's right. And they're, they're freezing them, right? And then they they freeze a bunch of them, and then they don't ever end up using any of them, and then they just trash them. And she was like, man, I don't know if that's... I don't know how I feel about that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's culturally acceptable. But it, it is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I made a comment. I said, I didn't have the verse at, at hand, and I said, Meredith, you know how the Bible says that... Um, not a lot of folks, uh, or a lot of folks, I guess, are going to be surprised when, when they, uh, on, on, on Judgment Day, right? Mm-hmm. And I got chided for saying that because it, <laughs> it's not, it wasn't a very encouraging thing to say. Yeah, I but, get on you. But. <laughs> um, you know, I got, to, I got to thinking about a couple of scriptures, and I guess the first one that I want to start off with is where Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And I thought, Man, why why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus say that? That's that's some that's strange. Does that not make you think? Yeah. Does that not make you think? And then the next verse that kind of goes along with this, this is Jesus again says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And <clears throat> I think it's um, when you hear those things, I think we should really assess what we condone and also what we practice in our own lives. Like, because here's, here's, here's what's strange, strange to me. What gives me some understanding of what Jesus is saying there as I look at what's happening and what's going on in, in society or, or what's culturally acceptable? Um, there are a lot of things that are culturally acceptable that you might condone or you might practice. And if you, if you don't know <clears throat> the Word of God, you might be doing something that's culturally acceptable that's completely outside of God's design for your life and for human and within the boundaries of what is right and wrong. So you might be doing something your entire life or or condoning something your entire life and not even know you're doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's ignorance, right? It's something that's going on that you... It's wrong that you don't know is wrong. So, but I you are the, he, you will still be held accountable for that. Yeah, 
Well, that kind of gets into the question of uh, the nature of sin, right? <clears throat> There's sin that you know you're committing, and you choose to do it anyway, and then you know you're you're essentially asking the one. There's a question of what is it when you do something wrong but didn't know? Mm-hmm. You know, are you still held to account for that or not? I mean, that's what people ask, and it seems to me like you are. Um, but that leads down a a lot of different roads. I mean, that that's an interesting question of well, if it's like negligence, like you know, if you are intentionally ignoring the fact like you know where to find it you could do some looking and figure out mm-hmm. if it's right or wrong but you just don't and you have ignorance but if you truly like if you're putting forth the effort of trying to figure it out and you do something and you i, I mean i don't i, I, don't I would know. have I to mean, study it it's I, interesting because we have a you know if you have a sin nature then that right there is enough to be disconnected from god I mean that that's that right there. You are, and then you, know, you are reconnected through, right? But but when you don't, so just that sinful nature is enough to where mm-hmm. you're you're already not. You know, there's a disconnect between you and God that has to be bridged. Um, so before you even commit a sin, you're already separated because of your sinful nature. Yeah. So. So say you do something that you didn't know was wrong, if that's even possible. Uh, that's that's a great question yeah. right there. That's a great right. question, and I, I think we need to before we go any deeper into this, we need to to make the statement that you do not earn salvation by works. Okay, that's not that's not what we're saying here. Okay, well, that's what we mentioned earlier with what Jesus says. Is it seems to me like the the a big maybe not the whole point, but a point of saying what he said was you can't do a bunch of good stuff to earn it. That's right. Um, but, it, I, but I, an aspect, but an aspect of salvation is repentance. And so there, there's to me that that's the fact that repentance is brought front and center. When the Bible tells us how we, how we are saved and reconciled to God. Remember, repent and be saved, Right. Um, not repent to be saved, repent and repent and be saved. So mm-hmm. it, it is an aspect of salvation. And so the whole first part of the book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis talks about this natural law or the law of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And C.S. Lewis makes a a really solid case pertaining to our conscience and how we as humans, um, we have that almost programmed into us, that, that the knowledge of right and wrong. And so I was reading here in Romans, I think this goes to C.S. Lewis's point, Romans chapter 1, I'll start in verse 18, says the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold truth in unrighteousness. So he's talking about the wrath of God is revealed to people who basically start calling what is wrong right. Mm -hmm. All right? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. All right? In my mind... What Romans is talking about here is people who have have not read Scripture, right? Verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen to all people, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I think this is talking about conscience. What C.S. Lewis, the point C.S. Lewis makes in in mere Christianity, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, and I won't read the rest of it, professing to be wise, they became fools. This is one of my favorite 
pieces of scripture here. But um but I think it I, I think there are a lot of things that might be culturally acceptable um that when you engage in that activity or you might condone that activity, there is something in you saying this doesn't this isn't really right, but it's accepted by culture and culture tells me that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm going to condone it or I'm going to partake in it. Well, all I'll say is to the point that C.S. Lewis makes, it's it's hard to understand how if you didn't have that essentially encoded in you where you, you could tell right from wrong, it would be hard for you to be held to account for sinning then. And I mean, <laughs> it's hard to make the case that you are responsible for your sin if you have literally no way of knowing what's right and wrong. I mean, so you almost have to have that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's a hard case to make that you that we don't have that. Yeah. C.S. But, Lewis just describes it so beautifully. If you guys listen to this, I've never read Mere Christianity. You need to really, really, you need to get the book. Yeah. And, and you have to read it slow because it is dense. Yeah. And uh and this and then he just puts lays it out in such a wonderful way. C.S. Lewis is a was a, a atheist essentially. Um and through logic um I think came to um the truth of scripture and then eventually faith in Christ. Yeah. I mean I think every it it's not a hard argument to make that everyone has that inherent right and wrong from birth because you can take people from all religions and they can agree on the base moral things that harming an individual all humans you can take all humans yeah 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 so i think that that's probably easy argument to make but then you go deeper and then you can say just the opposite not all things that are biblical are okay to do um i mean not 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 they're okay to do culture looks at it in the wrong way because it goes to I've been studying the first Corinthians 10 25 and it's where Paul talks about all things are lawful but they're not all helpful and not all of them edify or build up and so just because you know I we were talking about this the other day but just because it's okay to go drink a beer if you drink a beer in front of your buddy that's that's struggling with alcohol and you cause him to stumble then that's on you because you drank a beer the Bible doesn't say you can't drink a beer yeah, I mean, I, I, there's nowhere in there that I can find that you can't drink a beer or an alcoholic drink. But if it causes your brother to stumble, then it's wrong. It's not building up. It's it's actually tearing down. It It's not just okay by the Bible. It's not, it even goes a step further to say that if it's not building up, not that it's not doing anything, but if it's not building up, it, it may not be the right thing to do. So it's just the opposite of what you said is, just because it, you know, you got to look at both sides. Like you have to pay attention to culture, but you also have to find your truth in the Bible. But you can't just go around. I think what that's referring to is Bible thumping and and doing that because then you're going to turn off people from mm-hmm. from Jesus. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I guess the reason I guess the reason that I'm even considering this this um, content right here is because I think that cultural Christianity or kind of liberal Christianity is very, very dangerous. And and I think that you can be, especially now, lulled into a place where you think you are secure in your salvation. Well, and it's not Christianity. It's not cultural or liberal or there's Christianity and then there's these other well, things. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not, there's only one. It's a perverted, it's a it's a perverted religion. Cult, culturally acceptable, um, moral. It's a spinoff of Christianity. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that I have to believe that, and we're not the only people in, in human history that have lived in times where this is the case. Um, but 
we are living in a time where this is, I think, is a very dangerous time for uh, Christians because of this. And it, 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 it makes it clear to me why Jesus said what he said. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like, narrow is the gate, <clears throat> and that's all these people are going to come and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all of this in your name? And he says, depart from me. And it's like, man, that's harsh. Well, and, you know, I've heard that. I've heard messages preached around that a lot before. And a lot of times you hear the following part of that is, I never knew you. So they, and maybe, correct, I don't know, but they play off of it's a relationship, not a law. So, you know, the sermons that I've heard preached on that are saying that a lot of people come up and say, basically presenting their their works and saying, look at all that I did for you. And Jesus will say, I never knew who you were. Depart from me. And because they didn't have the relationship aspect. And so the sentiment behind it is that it's a relationship, not a works-based faith. And so I can, I mean, I can see that. I could see that some people are trying to earn their salvation. But I also think that a lot of people just, aren't quite getting it, but maybe it's because they don't have the relationship and aren't filled with the Spirit. I think a lot of things are revealed to you through your relationship with God that aren't otherwise known that you can find in logic in the Bible. Well, you know, in, in Romans chapter 1 takes this even further in, in terms of um, the conversation. Romans chapter 1 verse 32 takes it another step further says, who knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things, which were referenced earlier in the chapter, are worthy of death, not only those who do the same, but have pleasure or essentially condone them that do them. So this takes it even further and says, you may not even be partaking in the culturally acceptable activity or lifestyle or whatever it may be, but if you condone those that are doing those things, you are just as accountable as those that are actually partaking in them. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother that's a whole nother level, man. Yeah, and then you take it a step further and say by not speaking the truth and coming out against it, you're essentially condoning it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're just passively not partaking in it and, and not actively condoning it, I think just standing by is, is condoning it. How many, I mean, and how many things in culture do does the body of Christ essentially just passively overlook mm-hmm. or even actively condone? Um. It's a dangerous place to be, man. But what do you say to something like so somebody who is somebody who is sinning that truly doesn't know, like they're they study the Bible, they pray, they have a relationship with God, and they are don't know that they're sinning. I mean, how do you fix something that you don't know? Are they just like is it just like, man, sorry about your luck, man, you you don't I mean, you know? I had I had that situation happen to me in in life one time. So, I had a friend who him and his wife were all were were really locked into this. Um, what do you call it? Like divination, like channeling spirits, and like people. They would go to these people that would like tell them things about their past and things about their future that would come to fruition, mm-hmm. right? They were locked into this because they had had real experiences with with these, whatever you call them, um, psychics or whatever. And, and like, they were all about it. And they were, they were actually trying to justify or mesh that with Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think the first thing is you have to, you have to have a relationship with that person first, right? You have to build some rapport with them. Um, 
you have to have some credibility with them. You know, they have to know who you are and yeah. you know that you're that you're not just you're not just there to condemn them. I think that relational aspect was was very important, right? Mm-hmm. So I had built that with them over time. And you know, when they would talk about these these things, um I kind of listened and got an idea of what they were actually engaging in and and what they actually believed about this stuff. And once I had a good understanding of kind of where they were at, I came to them one day and I simply asked them, hey, do you guys mind coming over the house? I want to sit down with you and I want to go through some some scripture. I want to go through some, some Bible and show you what the Bible says about this. So not what I say about this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, And I think that's one thing that we get wrong a lot of times, and, and especially with the hot topics, right? Abortion and homosexuality and um, now even pedophilia and all these things. I, I think it's really easy to come at people that are engaging or condoning those lifestyles, and you want to tell them what you think about mm-hmm. that Thing. Even it, even if it's what you think about it is the foundation of it is in scripture. No, you have to come with them to them and say, "Hey, would you mind sitting down with me? I want to show you this, right?" Mm-hmm. And and then it's what it's not what you say about it. It's what the creator of the universe. It's how he des. It's his design for humanity. Mm-hmm. That's all we we talk about the moral law of the Bible. The moral law of the Bible is nothing other than God's design for his creation for us. It, it's it's just like everything that is designed the designer he engineers it in a it, there's only one way it can work. Yeah. And and sustain itself it, with a vehicle with uh, with any, we can see this in 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 regular life. Like anything that's designed, there's only one way it can work. And if it if it if something gets out of whack, it's detrimental to the function of whatever it is. And this is what God's moral law is. It's simply Him saying, "This is the way I designed humanity to work. Mm-hmm. This is I'm giving you the 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 blueprint of how I engineered." Humanity to function. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I think that's the even the bigger purpose of it. Instead of using it to condemn, instead of using the moral law of God to condemn, you're you're using it to say, "Hey, I have the blueprint. You want to live a a, a happy, fulfilled life and have longevity and love and peace." You use it to edify, to build up. That's right. Look at this. I have the blueprint of of how you sh- how mm-hmm. we should all live our lives, right? And if you present it in that way, that's a loving way yeah. to present God's moral law, instead of presenting it as a document that is there to condemn mm-hmm. certain things. But so that's our that that is our duty to other people. And if everybody follows that, then it should work. But everybody's not going to follow that. So what's our duty to ourselves? Like, all three of us sitting here, there's something we're doing in our life that is wrong, that, that we don't realize is wrong yet. I guarantee it. There, there's No matter how minor or how big, there's something we're doing that is not right or wrong. And if other people aren't pointing that out to us, I mean, maybe that's on them, but what's our duty to ourselves to figure it out? If someone else is not going to point it out, then where do you go from there? What? Well, even if it's on somebody else, it's ultimately on us to make the correction. I mean, yeah, but to point it out. So to say, if I see that you're doing something wrong and I don't tell you and let you continue doing that wrong when you truly think that it's or don't realize that it's wrong. So what's our duty to ourselves? How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to find that? Because if if you have know the blueprint, your duty to yourself is to know the blueprint. But what I'm saying is, 
are you responsible for that sin that that you are you yeah. are subconsciously committing until you discover that it is wrong in the blueprint it now you can say if you're not actively searching and reading the bible then yeah then that's wrong right because you got to be in the word to hear from god and figure out what's right or wrong but until you come across the thing where you say oh crap i've been doing this for the past two years and i didn't even realize it was wrong so if you would have died in those past two years and and you then well, are you responsible for that sin or what's well, th- the this is that same discussion back to when we said everybody has this kind of encoded in them that they know what's right and wrong but we're getting further down to that which is what i was sitting there trying to think about but there's situations all the time where you think what you're doing is right at the time. And I mean, maybe you could just say, well, you, you weren't really evaluating it, but you think it's right. And then later you come to find out mm-hmm. th- then you, ch- I mean, you ch- you're like, Oh no, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. We didn't, it's, we've talked about so many different things regarding this, that it's hard to go back to that. But that's a good question is I don't, I think we kind of left off with earlier saying that we have that on our hearts, basically knowing right from wrong. Mm-hmm. But what about these minutiae details, these little things that the world, like these crazy scenarios the world like comes Santa up Claus? with? Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I you, mean, you, you listen. Wanted to, you wanted to get on that earlier, and I mean, it's I don't. A, I think it's a wonderful kid, example. Well, it's a kids, cultural thing. Hold on. Kids listen to this podcast. Parents. If your kids are listening to the podcast, I want you to be able to make this decision <laughs> on your own. So if your kids are listening, turn it off or cover their ears so you can make your own decision. Now we're going to talk about this. Parents, <laughs> three, two, one. We're using Santa Claus as an example here. We had this discussion while we were driving. But it seems clear cut to me. I mean, this isn't one that I don't... I mean, who who argues that... Well, millions are, if no, not... No, but who who argues when you got right down to brass tacks that lying is okay? My mother-in-law argued it to me yesterday. That it's okay to lie? That Santa Claus is okay, yeah. Essentially, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I'm not asking yes. if Santa Claus is okay. So, I'm asking on. if lying is okay. Here is the... Let me, let's present the argument because the... Listeners don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. We is had this a, dis- a good example, though, of what you're of what you're trying to get at? Yeah, like, I think it well, is. I mean, we're it, partaking in something like it's, this. It's a it's middle ground, right? Like I I think there is a deeper one. There is a deeper. We can't come up with an example because we don't know we're sinning, so we can't come up with an example for that. So this is probably as close as we can get. <sighs> but we had the example. We were coming back, and I don't know how it got brought up, but I had been thinking about it. I, I just, brought it up. Did you? So. Chad brought up the idea, Why? how do we get to the point that we think it's okay to tell our kids a lie about Santa Claus on Jesus' birthday? And I said, man, I was just riding down the road the other day, and that thought just popped in my head. I'm, I'm lying to my kids that this guy's bringing presents to our house on Jesus' birthday so that they will be surprised. And how... It's a lie. When you boil it down, it's a lie. There is not a man named Santa Claus that are bringing those presents, and you know that there's not a man named Santa Claus bringing those presents, and you intentionally tell your kids that it is. It is a lie, and culture says that's okay. It it it's they're enjoying it. It's a surprise to them. They're light up. They can't wait for that morning, and you do it anyways. So. I I mean I I guess you could say I was convicted about lying to them. And so I mean Kat and I've talked about it a little bit but we're not going to uh Santa Claus is not going to be a thing around here anymore. And it, I even mentioned it to dad and dad dad was like, "Oh, that's fine." And <laughs> but that's I mean truly that's maybe when he hears this and cuz we didn't dig into dig in deep to it He'll see what we're talking about, but I think uh, this is a prime example. So that's the argument. Now we can continue the discussion, but I well, just wanted the listeners to know what the... Well, yeah, because all my point was, was if you sit anybody down and you say, is lying okay, they will most likely go, no. And then you go, okay, do you do the Santa Claus thing with your kids? They go, 
well, yeah. And I'd go, okay, are you not lying to your kids? And they go, well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. You can't really dance around that it is a lie to them. Okay, is that okay? Well, yeah, because it's just a, I mean, that, I mean, nobody thinks it's all right. Really? Yeah. I mean, if, if you say, if you acknowledge that lying is wrong, then you've already acknowledged that doing that is wrong. You and just let's turn the magnification up on it and do it on Jesus's birthday to our <laughs> own kids. Not to mention, I, I'm I'm pretty positive the whole root of Santa Claus is in pagan type religious well and roots. And I don't know that. And I don't Christmas know the history. trees. Yeah, P- people get very mad when you <laughs> when you crap on some of the traditions of Christmas, but. This is yeah. pertains to our conversation. Yeah, though. I mean a lot of yeah. It. That's that's the whole thing is that there, that I think I feel like that's negligence that you have not done your part in assessing what you're doing. Like you you know that you're lying, but it's accepted by culture, and so I feel like that's negligence to where you should have known better. Right? That's what negligence is. You did something. In the moment, you may not have realized it was wrong, but you should have known better. If you are a Christian, if you follow Jesus, if you read the Bible, you should know that lying is not okay. And this has just had some covers on it to pretty beautify it, and now you think I mean, it's okay. I think that's negligence. Isn't the argument that it's not a lie? I mean, how else would you condone it? Other yeah, than saying I mean, well, that it's I, not a lie. I think that people, I, I think that, People would argue. People would like you said when you set them down at first. They would say, "Yeah, lying's not wrong." But then what they would realize is they actually don't believe lying's not wrong. They believe that lying, lying is wrong. That that, that they I, would I mean, say it's wrong. They, they don't. They don't actually. Yeah, you're right, Blake. I got my words mixed up. They would say lying is wrong, but through the through the course of this conversation, they would find that. They don't actually believe that lying is wrong. You either. They just, they, they believe that. The intent of the lie. Yeah, like, the, the, it depends. You would like, either get down to someone not thinking that, that that was actually a lie that was a problem, or they don't actually think lying is wrong. Exactly. It would be one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, I mean. Uh, and so here's, this is a wonderful example, I, I think, and. You know, I think ultimately, and we're just barely scratching the surface on this conversation, but I think ultimately when Jesus Christ, the uh, our Savior, tells us that narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it, that should get your freaking attention, man. Mm-hmm. Well, and ultimately, uh, it just points you back to the need to be uh, covered by it. Because a part of what, like, you need your sin covered. Like, mm-hmm. you can't do it on your own. I mean, it's because I feel like a part of this discussion is when you talk about right and wrong and doing right and wrong, I mean, we are supposed to do right. And that's what, you know. It, that's ultimately what we're responsible for doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we believe you, we can't fully, yeah. uh, you know, you can do a lot of things, right, but you can't do everything. So ultimately it's just a, it's just a matter of you need to be covered for what you do wrong. And, and then, then people take it as far as well, why do anything right if you're covered for Romans addresses that also. Yeah, I was fixing to say, I mean, that's addressed, but but that's a legitimate point. I mean, that that's a natural thing to ask when once you're like, Well, I'm covered. <laughs> Good on me, you know. That but, I think that's why it's key to understand that repentance is is a part of salvation. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, you you look and you think, what a wonderful strategic attack from satan you look at the easter bunny you look at christmas for real man you look at you know the holidays that represent jesus that we celebrate and there's a lie and a distraction attached to each one so that you don't focus on what the actual day's about 
you get your kids excited, they get excited, the family gets excited because they're excited, and before you know it, you don't even know it's Jesus' birthday or, or resurrection, and, and it's just I, about I, candy and presents. I think literally even the concept of Santa Claus and and how and how a, a, a part of the lie is that he watches you and what you receive is hinged upon your own goodness. You get what you deserve. I think it goes directly... It is directly opposite mm-hmm. of what Christ tells us. Like, think of the depth of that. Yeah. Like, you get, yeah, you're right. You get what you deserve. Yeah. Christ literally came so you don't have to get what you deserve. Yep. It's like, holy crap. How did we get to that point in culture? Yep. To where. That's insane, dude. And we don't even, we not even realize it's happening. No, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. Huge. That's a huge deal. And and it's viewed as such a minor thing because it brings joy and excitement to people. And therefore, you think it's okay. So does, well, so does every sin. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's not actually sinful for the kid well, to no. partake in the lie, no. But it, so, but but then you see, oh man, I can't, I can't not tell them about Santa Claus. They get so excited about it, they love it, and you've like, it's really just a classic example of sin. I mean, it's not some confusing thing. You're tempted to do it because there is some kind of good feeling, good payoff yeah. for it. I mean, it's a straight temptation. It's not like some shrouded thing. No. It's just a classic example of, are you going to take the easy way or not? It's the just a timely. It's, it's so easy timely. to justify, too. Yeah. I mean, you can really, you can go back in your mind as you're having the discussion and be like, well, actually, if what if you just did it like this? And did, I mean, ultimately, I don't know. I don't, I ain't saying. Ah, I mean, the thing is, is that, I mean, I guess what I'll tell my kids is, Look, we're going to buy you some things that you don't know about. You're not going to see them. They're not going to be wrapped. They're just going to be here on Christmas morning. You're not going to know how they when they got there. What's wrong they, with that? Nothing is What's, wrong with they're that. They're going to be just as surprised. Yep. Yeah. And But, I mean, <laughs> I know I, I haven't told them yet, but just I just think, how foolish and dumb do you look to, to say, hey, these last few years we've been lying to you about Santa Claus. It, he's not real. This elf that we drag around the house day to day, it doesn't actually move. It has, But every time I, every time I say, like, magic or, or power, I, I have a little bit of something just doesn't feel right to say magic. There you go, yeah. It, you know, it, but it's so culturally accepted that, that you just say it. And you, you watch all these movies. These people have superpowers. What's the, I mean, do you hear about dragons or magic or superpowers in the Bible at, at all? If it is, it comes from Jesus. So where is it from? Like all of this stuff is, it's all just evil. Well, yeah. Well, what mean, about that, the that, magic that uh, the uh, Egyptians performed in front of uh, Moses? Yeah, that that's coming. Like that's real. Like, Remember that? Yeah, like you you do know in Revelation it talks about Revelation very clearly says this um, this figure that is controlled by the Antichrist is going to be wounded in the head, like beyond any being able to be saved, and he's going to come back to life, and then there's going to be an image set up in the temple that's able to speak. That's and it's good. That's how it's going to. Everybody's going to be fooled by this, man. This crap is real. That's why these cats that were having these, this thing with these um, psychics and stuff, these people weren't dumb. Yeah. They were like, no, this person told me something that nobody knows about me. <laughs> like, that was a real thing that they experienced. Yeah. So, this, yeah, you're right, Blake. I mean, I'm glad we landed on this topic. This was not planned to get to this topic, but I think that's, this is a beautiful example of what I'm talking about. And we got to shut this thing down, but no, I I mean, I wanted to talk about this. I was thinking the other day and that's why I gave the disclaimer because I thought, 
I know I want to talk about this, and when we do, we've got to give the disclaimer because ultimately it, it's up to you listeners. I know, like, Brett, he's like, man, Brettley listens to this with me, and a bunch of people say, I love it because my kids can listen to this. So I want you guys to be able to make your own decision. I'm not telling you one way or the other, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, you're, you're telling them what, I mean, that's... What the, yeah, I'm t- but they got to well, make their own decision to execute on yeah. what they now know is right. That's the problem. <sighs> When you listen to things and you read the Bible, it is very dangerous because you know, it, but you can't not do it because it's just as dangerous, but you have to take what you read so seriously. It's dangerous to gain knowledge, but it's also dangerous not to because when you gain it, then you know better and you have to do right. You already had that knowledge. You, you, well, that's, you, that's you, the you ultimate. You already had that knowledge. It's, it's, it's just bringing it front and center. It's confirming what you knew was wrong. What yeah. you knew you were doing was wrong. That's in you. Mm-hmm. To what extent, though? I mean, I, I'm struggling with that on that question in and of itself. Well, I need we'll, to talk through that for we'll hours. We'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> I mean, keep that on your mind, Chili. Yeah, and 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 maybe we can all go and read the first few chapters of C.S. Lewis's book and and make a few notes. Mere I've, Christianity. I've been pondering that for yeah. a while. I don't. Yeah, that's hard to manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But grasp. Yeah. For real. You got yeah, you gotta sit down and really itemize it and go through it step by step. But anyways, that all this whole conversation came from me getting chided <laughs> at the gym this morning. And like I say, when Jesus makes a bold a statement as those two statements that he made in the book of Matthew, it should get your freaking attention, man. And at least get you to step back and ex- assess what am I condoning or what am I partaking in that is culturally acceptable that feels a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. You need to assess that. Yeah. So, hope you guys enjoyed this. This was a heavy spirit conversation right yeah. here. That's right. <laughs> so, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you got anything out of the show, man... Please share the show. That's the only way the show grows is if you guys share it. Um, leave us a review. Leave us a review. Uh, and if you if you really enjoy the show, join us on Patreon. We uh, we have a big group of people on Patreon. We get together three Sundays a month. We do a program called Resurrected, and it's it's freaking awesome, man. We pray together. We learn together. We talk about what's going on in our lives um, as a group. We have everybody there contributes. Yeah. So um, it's a lot of fun, and we'd we love got, to see you over there. Y'all got to start sharing. We got to get this thing out there. We got to get Dude, what do we need to be sharing even, for? We're already the number one hunting podcast, number one ultra running podcast. Even if you don't like the podcast, go ahead and share it anyways. <laughs> Just say, hey, I don't like this podcast. Well, you know... We, we've moved. It, it's weird because I don't like running. I don't really like advertising on the podcast. I mean, we do a few ads for Exoskin because we love Exoskin. But um, we've really intentionally moved away from that because I know when you guys turn, tune into the podcast, you don't want to hear advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, therefore, the only way the podcast is to s- sustained is by the listeners contributing on patreon yeah that's it because we don't make any any money we if we pushed ads on here and you wanted to listen to five minutes of ads at the beginning of every episode we could make thousands of dollars when you do an ad read do you have to read what they send you if you yeah if you're gonna that's the thing a lot of these a lot of these people running ads on podcasts they don't know anything about the product they're advertising for well no I'm, i'm saying like i would just uh make the ad copy i ain't reading their script well i'll just tell you about it that's why we don't do a lot of ads on the (laughs) podcast yeah um but even on patreon you know there's different tiers and i mean if you can afford five bucks a month that's i mean that's a big deal yeah that's huge i remember when i started patreon i don't know i you weren't doing the pot well you would be on the podcast every now and then back and back then it was mainly me mm-hmm. doing the podcast and i started this patreon page and i thought you know what man 
only like freaking 30 people listen to the podcast. Nobody's ever going to support this show. Yeah. And now we got like 260 something people that crazy. pour into the show and Amazing. it's just un unbelievable, man. It um I don't know, it encourages me. Yeah. And and it it allows us to put time into the show and not have to focus on other ways to keep the dang lights on. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'll give somebody an ad read. You send me five dollars. I'll read whatever you say. Dang. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know you know some of these podcasts I've been on, you know what they get for, for an ad? Some of the bigger podcasts I've been oh, on. Oh, probably thousands. Five grand. Yeah. Five grand for one ad read and they run in three, four ads per show. Dang. There's a lot of money in that. I ain't gonna do it for five dollars. I'll do it for five thousand. <laughs> yeah. So Hope you guys enjoyed it, man. We appreciate you tuning in. Enough said.